Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. After Sherman is a story about inheritance and the tension that defines our collective American history, especially black history. Director John Cesare Goff follows his father, a minister, in the aftermath of the mass shooting at his church in Charleston, South Carolina, to understand how communities of descendants of enslaved Africans use their unique faith as a form of survival as they continue to fight for America to live up to its many unfulfilled promises to black Americans. Goff's featured documentary debut lays out intimate accounts of the lives of the black community in the filmmaker's black belt hometown on land that has been in his family for 150 years where they were once enslaved. The film is called After Sherman and we're joined today by the director, John Cesare Goff. John, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you. Having seen the film, having read a little bit of the material that came along with it, um, I, I think I have a pretty good idea why you wanted to make this film. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to have wanted to make it. Was there one particular thing in your life that triggered you to move forward and you knew you had to do this? I wouldn't say it was one particular thing. I think being an independent filmmaker with limited resources, you tend to look for stories close to you that are in proximity. And so for a long time, I didn't think that I had any stories in my purview that were interesting enough to tell. When I actually started the project, it, it was a bit of a refuge from sort of the, the media images that were coming out in the aftermath of the shootings of Mike Brown and, and Trayvon Martin. And so I wanted to spend time in sort of my happy place, which was in nature in the low country. And so I was just planning to survey the sort of visual landscape um, originally. Um, and so that was the goal. And then when I started talking to family members, I, I really didn't think the material would be used in a film. I just wanted an excuse to talk about um, our land and why it wasn't used. And so I used the camera as sort of a, a tool to <laughs> interrogate yeah. my films. That's a great place because for us to continue talking about the idea of the inherited land, this was America's promise to freed slaves after the Civil War. And I, I should know this. This is pretty basic. Did you start this after the shooting in Charleston? Be before the shooting, around, formally around 2014, Senator Pinckney, who, who was the pastor of um, Mother Emanuel, was sort of my my fixer <laughs> in the okay. in the community, um, helping make inroads into folks doing work in um, both cultural preservation. Yeah, this idea of inherited land it ties together thematically and spiritually and culturally and every other way into the story of America. And the, and and so, let's talk about the lowlands um, and uh, how that all came to play in your own family in your own life. Let's talk about that history. Yes, the low country is, uh, is considered to be from southern North Carolina to northern Florida, about from from the um, coastal barrier islands to 30 miles inland is, is now considered the Gullah Geechee Cultural um, Heritage Corridor. But after emancipation, as part of Sherman's um, field orders, the land from Charleston South 
was supposed to be designated um, to be under the control of the formerly enslaved um, people. And, and we know that that was immediately overturned by the next president, by, <laughs> and, and um, a lot of those lands were, were never really in the hands or control of, of the formerly enslaved. But during Reconstruction, a number of senators and congressmen representing South Carolina were, were very prominent and, and things like Memorial Day and, and um, public schools sort of came out of like that leadership. So the inherited land was at one time under title with your family, right? right? So how did that, how was that able to preserve, be preserved through all of this? Yeah, my family story is a little unique in that the land was acquired in, in the 1860s, but in the 1940s, my grandmother and, and her living siblings clean, um, got a clean title and legally divided the land amongst them. Um, so heirs property is, is land that doesn't have a clean title. And so for descendants, six, seven generations down the line, you're talking hundreds of descendants. And even in my own family, it was divided by that generation, but now we have heirs property for the subdivisions. And so we, we still share our land with, um, you know, our immediate family, our, our cousins and, and my, my father's sibling. There's so much history tied up in this area. I didn't know anything about Sullivan Island. I didn't know that the extent of the impact of uh, slaves had on South Carolina. There's so much about the history of so much of this country I don't know anything about. Let's talk about Sullivan Islands a little bit, how that, how that played out. Sullivan's Island um, was the, the point of disembarkment for nearly half a million enslaved Africans coming either directly from the continent or through the Caribbean to the United States. So that's estimated over 40% of U.S. enslaved Africans came into the port of Charleston. And they were kept in quarantine for, um, for weeks on Sullivan's Island. And, and there's a deep irony in that Sullivan's Island is now one of the wealthiest zip codes in the United States. And to sort of bear that history and, and, and not really have anything evident in it, it's, um, it's tough because I, I went to Sullivan's Island because I, I love the beach. And when in the aftermath of the shooting at Mother Emanuel, when they showed all the places around South Carolina that the shooter had visited, Sullivan's Island was one of those locations. And, and there he was posing next to the sign for like a very different reason. And that like really triggered me um, in the sense that we can have these shared landmarks and landscapes, but have two completely different understandings or experiences with right with not just the history, but with with the idea of what it represents. The the depth and the breadth of the criminality of the treatment of the form, former slaves, African-Americans in this country, in this part of the world, part of the uh, of America is breathtaking. And I think it's the it's I don't know if it's the audacity of it. I don't know if it's the I don't know exactly how to characterize it, except that the fact that we refuse to acknowledge it is I think the thing that bothers me as much as anything else. It's kind of, and we are in another moment where, where to disavow or to pretend it never happened is happening again right now as we speak. So your film could not be more 
prescient. And I just love the, the the approach that you took. It's a very kind of a meditative look. Not it's it's about your family, but the the way that you're able to widen out the lens throughout the film, and 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 we see so much about not only about Black history in this country, but resiliency, community, family, and that's that's the thing that comes across to me watching the film. Obviously, conscious decision on your part, but was there anything in in all of this that as you sit here today talking with us, that surprises you about the history? What did you learn about the history of your community that you didn't know before? I think the resiliency and the faith is something that um, I got a little more familiar with through making the project. Because again, you take things for granted when they're so close and familiar right. to you. Um, and, and I think I started my journey in a, in a much more cynical place as, as a, a person nine years younger than I am today, right. you know. Is that how long, that's how long this process took. Obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah that would yeah, make sense. Yeah. years um, of actual production. And I was very cynical and I wanted more urgent action. I wanted more urgent change. And, and I didn't know what I could do as an artist to sort of contribute to, to that dialogue. And through the process, of making the film and losing so many people, not just in, in the violence of, of the shooting, but number of people who contributed to the project, like right. sort of passed um, while making it. And, and I learned sort of the ways in which we can celebrate life and, and acknowledge the beautiful aspects of living. And, right. and that is what ultimately, I think the faith and resilience of that community of my community has been, it's that, you know, even at the, the darkest moments that, you know, that there, there will be another another day. I want to remind our listeners, we're speaking with John Cesare Goff. He's the director of a documentary film called After Sherman and Seek It Out. Just watch the film. It Just the symbolism, the cruelty and the evil nature of racism keeps coming back in ways that are just seem to be even more profoundly heinous than before the fact that this man stood in front of a, a monument in, in Sullivan Island, the fact that he went to a, a, a church that was so important to the African-American community, presented himself as something other than apparently what he his intentions, obviously what his intentions were in an era of all of the things that we're going through through all of the things, going back to Trayvon Martin, through George Floyd, all of it, the yeah. fact that that is still such an active cancer, such a proactive cancer in our society, it's easy to be cynical. Yeah. It's easy to be distressed. And But this film is hopeful. I, I mean, I, I honestly feel that having watched the film, it, that resiliency that you saw, the resiliency, you know, in the in this community that has been through so much and able to forgive and move forward so often. That's the thing that comes across most to me. Yeah. And I, I think because so much of Black history, so much of Gullah Geechee history is oral and it wasn't written, that, you, you know, you can't find a lot of these stories in textbooks. Right. And, and so the assumption is that there are no stories, that there are no histories. Right. And and we have, you know, evidence to, to the contrary. Um, and, and that's something that I wanted to sort of um, add to the, the canon of uh, American, you know, art. Right. 
in the last couple of minutes I have with you, the reaction to the film with your family. I'm curious how they reacted to it. They said, you're still working on this? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, they watched it in so many iterations over the years. They're like, I thought it was done. And, <laughs> and yeah, they're extremely proud and, and, and I think happy that, um, that they were all able to contribute and participate in, in some way because it really was a community and family effort to, to make the yeah. film. And it's received a tremendous amount of accolades already, just the short amount of time it's been available. You know, there have been a couple of documentaries that have come out in the last couple of years. Um, I mentioned to you uh, Hale County, which was wonderful. Um, Neutral Ground, C.J. Hunt's film about yeah. the monuments. Um, there was a film that came out a couple of years ago called uh, Driving While Black, The Hidden History of African-Americans in the South. And one of the good things about the films that have, that have been coming out is there are slowly but surely the history is coming out. The history is bits and pieces coming out and becoming, hopefully, hopefully becoming more and more difficult to ignore. I was going to say, what's exciting about all of those films is that, you know, we, we were all as independent makers able to like really use our authentic voice like i i think the neutral ground is like so much in cj's voice and that's like what makes it so special and and you know like purposeful it's just terrific stuff well thank you so much thank you for after sherman obviously you're an important part of the story you're there with your parents with your father to talk about these these things that happen and your your father's an amazing person as well and um so all of it um thank you so much for your time thank you, thank you john says Rikoff, for for spending some time with us thanks for having me you've been listening to film school radio the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films you can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. 